it's 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 the adrenaline and it's crazy to say that an adrenaline rush can last for six months or 12 months Brock Bendley is a 22-year-old videographer who's toured the world working for Timmy Trumpet, one of the biggest names in EDM music. It's my job to make everything look cool. He jumped on a plane when he was 19 and flew into a whirlwind adventure that took him to over 40 countries. I wanted to just give more and more and more and more and I wanted to be the best. Brock has been on top of the world living his passion in the most beautiful places on earth but it all came at the cost of his health and he eventually found out the hard way that you can't run on adrenaline forever. All of a sudden, I knew that what I did last summer yeah. was not going to cut it. Uh, I really ran myself into the ground. Yeah, It was an implosion. He's lived a lifestyle that most can only dream of and learned some harsh realities that have brought him back down to earth. Now he's putting his health first and growing into a man who can do it all. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast about young men's health sponsored by the Freemasons Foundation Centre for Men's Health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's get into it. So Brock, to start with, just tell us a bit about your craft. My role uh, most recently was uh, content manager, but that was kind of heavily involved, a lot of photography and videography, travel, all that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, that's, that's basically what I do. Where'd that passion start? That was when I was, I was real young. My cousins uh one of my cousins was like really really into films really into movies uh so he we would always make home videos i i think that sort of sounds like how everybody starts out um but yeah so a lot of a lot of home movies and and i had a digital camera the first one didn't have what kind of movies were you making was it like funniest home videos oh yeah absolutely no no no. actually my cousin was uh like really into it so he would write scripts when he was like 12 years old and i was eight so I was i was his little i was his, his dummy so um we would follow these scripts and it was like three four minute home videos but because the editing programs didn't really exist as an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old yeah, yeah we did a lot of in-camera sort of so it was you know it was what you do as a kid but yeah. that's where that started and then uh throughout high school because i went to a, a small high school kind of dropped off a little bit the, the passion but then i left school and i went to uh university and i was studying like hollywood narrative and doing that made me realize I don't want to do it. So I went into the commercial side of things. Yeah. And so did you always have an eye for that sort of stuff, like photography and and looking at the world through a lens? No, I can't say that I'm an artistic person. Uh, A lot of my stuff is just, I think, crafted over time. Uh, There are a lot of dudes that I know that are really like stupid artistic and, and, and I struggle to understand how they are that way and how their brain works that way. I think mine's a lot more um, like a method. Uh, strategic yeah so what sort of content have you did you start off making you know when you uh, after you realized you didn't want to do that at uni like, yeah you- i mean i guess it's, it was a side hustle to start with i remember just shooting a couple of like 18th birthday parties with like my first yeah proper dslr yeah and so i did that and and doing the editing on those as well always did the editing yep. shoot and edit like that's my favorite thing to do in the world and then that progressed into nightclubs uh, which progressed into festivals. And then obviously everybody's goal is to work for one person or maybe not that, but to work on, in the big leagues, they'd say. You know, so. And so did that sort of become your identity through that time? Like you were the guy at the party making the videos. Did you like that part of it? You know what? I was. It was a bit of a, a struggle to start with because I was really embarrassed to chase that side of thing. Like self-promotion is something you have to be okay with. And especially when you're starting out, 
it's something that if you don't come to grips with that and you don't get past that, you're never going to be able to make it to the next level. Yeah. So starting out was, yeah, it was, it was like I was not comfortable with doing it, but I knew where I wanted to be. So it was like just part of part of that. So what were you like in high school? Were you more of a quiet guy? No, no, no. I was, uh, to be frank, an arsehole. <laughs> I, did, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't the bully. And so I wasn't, saying was. So that's all good. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't the bully, and I wasn't the bullied. I was. I was in the middle, but always kind of like that kid where I can imagine if you're trying to get stuff done in class, it's just like oh, this guy. Like he's just he's just showing off, and like so you know, like not particularly proud of that time, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it was just part of my character, and it's why I'm who I am now. And so, did you get a bit of a, a taste for it after doing those first few in high school, those videos, you got some good feedback and you thought like, this is my thing or how quickly did you know? Yeah, it was kind of my passion for music in particular. So, was it always EDM? No, I, no. I, uh, I'm a big listener for things like classic jazz and, <laughs> okay. and like- um, Old soul. Just like folk, folk guitar, you know? Yeah. So, that's- like I love both, but EDMs that's what gets me going. Like I'm I'm passionate about that. So yeah. yeah. So how quickly did it all progress? You know what? It was it was really fast. Almost too fast for my own good. My very first time in a nightclub was when I was working. I was I was shooting a video. So How uh, old were you then? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah, when I was when I was legal. I wanted to do it before that, but uh I just didn't push the boundaries. So things moved really quickly. And then it went into festivals within six months. And then I, I did that for one summer. And then it just like shot into the next league. Yeah. So what did you love about it from the get-go? Oh, man, that's, that's tough. I think it's, um, it's, like, it's like the adrenaline rush, I guess, because a lot of people in music would say that. Like when you're, when you're, when you're working and you're on stage, um, and even though I'm just a video guy, like nobody's looking at me, but doing that is there's, there's, like you're hearing your favorite music while you're working. Like you know, you know when you're at work and and a good song comes on, you're like, oh yeah, this is nice. like yeah. it's a good day. Yeah. But it's like that all the time. Yeah. It's like that all and the really time. Really loud. It's it's really <laughs> loud. Yeah, hearing production, everyone. Don't don't forget that. Um, it's it's that. And then you come back. Like I remember, I'd I'd come back from wherever I was, whether I'd go home or to a hotel or uh, whenever I was reviewing the footage. Like it's, it's, for me, it's the same feeling again. I look at that and I go, that's such an awesome shot. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. And it just keeps going. How do you feel when you were there though? Did it start, did it feel like work or was it, was it fun? Cause obviously, I mean, you're not partying like everyone else is partying and you are doing a job, but you're still enjoying it and you're looking at it through a, a lens the whole time. So you know, it's, like? it's not, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like work. You, it can definitely get repetitive and it can like, especially like when I was, I was, I was on tour um repetitive and really really tough but it's it's just like doing chores around the house at those at those at those moments but every other time no never it was never like a job it was just it was it was it was it was really cool yeah yeah still is so you you did festivals and Mm -hmm. then how did that lead to the opportunity to go on tour so tim timmy trumpet um he is a good friend of mine but also now uh, a very very big dj he's an australian guy so uh, it's it's really awesome to have that, but yeah, he's a he's a, a worldwide DJ, and I remember he pulled me aside one time and he said, um, "Oh, he's just like your name's going around a little bit." And at the time, I just didn't think much of it. I was like, "Oh, thanks, man!" Like I really kind of fanned out. Just thought he was like pumping you up. Yeah, you know. You're like, no, it's not. And then four <laughs> four weeks later, I got a message, and uh, they wanted the team wanted to sit down for a meeting, and it, it went from there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it was really quick. What was your reaction when you got that message? Oh, it, ch- it changed everything for me. Yeah, yeah because 
that's that's the moment that everybody is is chasing like everybody is kind of like as a photographer videographer um especially when you're young not a lot of people are taking you seriously how old were you when you got that invite 19 yeah 19 so it's pretty crazy so how did you see yourself at that point in time before you left like where were you at mentally and Um, what was your self-esteem like there was like maybe a, a little bit where i was not comfortable with who i was and i was definitely stressed because you're trying to make it like you're you know like you're you're on not a lot of cash trying to do something you're passionate about and you're like if i don't if i don't if this doesn't happen for me like so you've always put a lot of pressure on yourself yeah a lot of pressure yeah yeah so that was always there and i think i even put the pressure on myself even once i scored this gig it was just like now's now's your time to show and if you don't do that like you've got to go through the embarrassment of starting again okay so you felt like failure was never an option kind of a thing never no yeah that no. sounds cool so, doesn't it <laughs> I, I, maybe yeah <laughs> uh, so when you got that uh, invite to go on tour where was it all going to start did you get a big poster saying this is all the places you're going to go to no i think um they're very smart his manager is a very smart man and he runs it like a business so he turned around to me and was like let's just do china let's just try china try out china and at the time i was like china yeah no way had you ever been anywhere before yeah, I'd, I'd definitely done traveling, but China is like, you, you know, you hear about everything in news, you're like, this is going to be some, like an yeah, experience. totally different. So I did a, I did a week run with Tim in China. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of pressure. I was, I was sweating on the plane the whole way, you know, but um, it went really well. So it progressed from there. And so what was it like, uh, you know, filming that first show? Oh man, it was, it was an explosion of emotions because the Australian music industry, while really impressive, when you step outside of Australia, you're like, wow, man, like it was, it was a lot. And just the show itself, Tim, Tim's really known for his show and his energy. At the time, we didn't have a massive team with us, but for me, it still seemed like it was the biggest thing in the world. There was still a lighting guy and like, a, a, like a, a, what we call a VJ, a visual jockey. So there were people running some, some high-tech stuff. And China's clubs, I don't know if you know, but they're like festivals on the inside. And so how hard did you find you had to work like, were you sweating trying to make it the best thing ever? Yeah, definitely, like, emotionally, too. But it's, um, it's always been in me to uh, just, just go full steam ahead. So at the show, I'm going to just go off, off the track here for yeah, a little bit. Good. That's good. China is um, obviously known for their pollution and stuff like that. So the first time I went to China, I bought some, some masks for my face uh just for breathing and, and stuff like that but the clubs uh or people still smoke over there in the clubs yeah so that was the main reason for it so i would i would wear these masks and um i got a little bit germophobic eventually because i was always wearing them right and uh so yeah with my energy on stage like i was i was full steam ahead. i used to jump around and over speakers and all kinds of things while wearing this mask and a hood so people started like it's like, oh, yeah, that ninja guy, that ninja <laughs> photographer. Like, because that's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, my energies on stage is as it matched Tim's, 100% matched Tim's. And, and we were always in sync. It was great. Did they have like a name for you? No, it's just Brock Bentley. No. <laughs> yeah, was, There's a good opportunity there. <laughs> Brock Bentley is already a pretty cool name, i got to say. I, like that. I changed it to Brock Bentley. Did you? Yeah, it, was a, it used to be a different name. Oh, okay. It, but Don't tell us that one. We'll stick with Brock Bentley. <laughs> in saying so, that was my mom's name. So I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to be cool. Oh, just, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. So how confident were you from the start? I was confident in my ability and I was confident in, uh, in my attitude. Like I, I knew that I was going to, I was going to make it, I was going to make it good. Whatever I was producing content-wise, I was like, this is going to be the best that I can do. But uh, it's, I guess in the new age, it's kind of like 
you're seeing everybody else's stuff and there's a little pressure and you're yeah. like, oh, maybe I'm not so good. But I would always, you know, I was like, this is this is going to be the best thing. Because everything was, everything was like, every show was like, got better and better and bigger. So I was like, it's got, my content's got to be even better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But how did you feel about what you were doing? Like, you were you totally in flow with it? Did you feel like, I want to do this for the rest of my life? For sure. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I still feel that way. Yeah, yeah. So after China, um, where'd you go from there? And then, you know, how big did it get? After China, I came back to Australia for a little bit because that was kind of like a probation, you know, like they wanted yeah. to see how it went. Um, but that was early May. And then by the end of May, I was off what to- What year was this? Only last year, 2018. Oh, okay. So it was like, I say two years, but it was like two, it was like 18 months, but two really full on summers yeah. that I spent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so end of May, um, I was off to Croatia. And that okay. was like the first gig of the summer, like May 31st, yeah. 2018. Yeah. And so when you got there, what was the I couldn't the believe, feeling? I couldn't believe it because that was, Croatia is like really well known for their beach parties. Yeah. So I went to this one spot called Zers Beach. I, that's how I pronounce it. But there was five clubs along this stretch of beach and we were at the biggest one. You're just like, man, I need to get a tan. <laughs> well, it just, I felt like, I was like, is this what a Ether is like? Yeah. Like it would kind of felt like I was in the movies. So I was, and I was, and then I was opened up to uh, the Europe culture of EDM and, and partying and stuff like that. So it was, it's like wow. Yeah. So you did that that show, and then like, how many dates were there in that run? I couldn't tell you, man. I re- I wish I could. Um, on average, we would do four shows a week. Put it that way. And summer lasts, you say June, July, August, June, July, August. So. Four shows a week for twelve weeks. Yeah, not my strong suit, mathematic. But neither. I'm. I'm just telling you that I don't know the few. total. We'll add it up later. <laughs> uh, so getting accustomed to that, like you've never been to one of those in your life, let alone right? for a week. Yeah, it's just completely crazy. Yeah, and for most people, you know, if they ever went to one or you know one European summer or even mm-hmm. one of those parties, yeah, that's something that a lot of people would talk about for the rest of their life. Yeah. But for you, I assume it became normalized. Um, so what was that like, you know, living that, that life? You know, tell us about that because not well, many people do. Yeah, I, I think if you want to talk specifically about maybe the amount of gigs we're doing and stuff like that, yeah. and, 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 and you're right because that became normalized really quickly. And for me, there was no in-between. There was no like, like I, I guess I was like a C-grade photographer or doing C-grade, you know, sort of stuff in Australia. Mm. And then I went, a grade or like a plus yeah and that develop developmental stage i think that's how you say it the the stage in between i didn't experience that i just went from one to the other yeah so while that's the coolest thing in the world if you're not careful you can lose a sense of what's a, you know what else exists and and and, and sort of sense of reality i guess mm. how, so, how so what do you what do you mean because you get you get really used to everything that comes with it because you don't you don't I, I had my own struggles, you know, as mm. a photographer, but it's, it's still a massive jump and you get really used to everything that comes with that. So you're talking about in terms of the scene, not like the skills themselves. Yeah. Like being part of that crew. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The whole, everything that surrounds it. Yeah. Mm. My skills um, adapted very, very quickly. That that wasn't so hard for me. Being put in an environment like that really pushed me to be a better content creator. My skills definitely going from Australia to worldwide um, 
was re- really, really pushed to the limits in a, in a good way because I was surrounded by the top yeah. top content creators. And in a very quick time. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, so after you'd done, you know, that that first show of that week and then you had to get up and do it again, by the, like, fourth show in the week, did your energy level ever wane or did um, you have days where you were like, I can't believe we're doing this again? <laughs> no, not, not in the first year. No, definitely felt that. Um, and I think maybe that's just like, you know, when you start a new job and the first three, six months of it, it's like the, the best thing in the world. I think that's just what that was. Every lifestyle has benefits and then mm. problems that come mm. with that. So it's, it's still, it's still, but the only issue is, is because you're living that life, people don't think problems exist. Mm. So when you talk about it, you kind of, you can you can sound ungrateful, so, and especially especially with your work, everything you're trying to create and project is a fantasy. It's like a perfect yeah. a perfect you know three minutes or whatever it is to say you know this is the life, this is what we're doing, and you're creating that pretty much every day. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So and that must be what you're trying to see creatively, yes. like the whole time as well. Yes. So yeah. that's yeah, that's you're- pretty bizarre living your own life and then also trying to. Yeah. Put it together. Because my, my job was like projecting somebody else's life. Yeah. I spent a lot of time uh, working on content. And, and there were even days where we would, uh, like Tim injured his foot early 2018. And there were days where I would go to the physio with him and I would be recording. It's like documentary style. I'd be yeah. recording him having his foot worked on like by a physio. So, yeah, my entire job was projecting somebody else's life. And uh, you know what? It's, it is it's really fun. Did you start to, did you at any point like feel like you were losing your own self? Like you were so focused on projecting someone else that you kind of forgot about yourself? I, you know what? We, I definitely bounced a lot off of Tim, but mostly in a, like a positive way. Like yeah. he had so much energy and everybody that he surrounds himself with or everybody that's surrounded by him, it like feeds off that energy. Yeah. So when you're a part of, when you're a part of that, every, everything else is oblivious and you're just, fully focused on your goals. Yeah. So, Did you feel like an extension of him? <laughs> uh, you know what? No, it was still, no. still my own person. Yeah. Everybody, uh, you, everybody in the t- team is, 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 is different, you know? That's what it is. It's like that's the life of, unfortunately, social media and, and Instagram and stuff like that is, is fantasy. Yeah. Or people, maybe we address it as that because we realize. Yeah. But a lot of people, it's just it's in their face and it's my job to make everything look cool. Yeah. But, so how yeah. close was that to the reality when you were living it? So what you were creating versus what was happening? How much did they feel like they were the same thing? I mean, we call them recaps, right? Like yeah. a video recap because yeah. we're recapping the moments that happened. So everything there was was real. And towards maybe a year through my editing, I actually started to include some of the stuff that was just like went wrong mm. because that's what's really engaging yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. You know. So what sort of stuff? And I almost got lit on fire one year, uh, one one event. But I'm not I'm not being filmed, so I'm not. Obviously, that's not recorded. Um, but you know, stuff like that can go wrong. But a lot of the things, I guess, <laughs> when you're when you're traveling, it's like missing flights yeah. or like sleeping in, yeah, not eating right. Like you could be like, oh, we haven't slept for like two days, and that's the real thing. Yeah, like we haven't slept for two days. So I started to try and include a lot of that because okay. people were really interested in how yeah. that all works. Not yeah. just that. Not just that we're traveling and that we're staying in cool hotels and stuff like that. Yeah, because I guess that humanizes it more. Because that's exactly. interesting, though, because before you're talking about fantasy, yeah. everything's perfect. And then this is more like what actually happens. I as guess well. that and was combining like, them. 
Yeah, I guess yeah. that was my progression as how I saw things as well. Yeah. Because my content's a direct reflection of how I'm thinking and feeling and seeing things. Uh-huh. Aside from the marketing side of things being added onto it, but most mostly it's 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 exactly how I'm I'm seeing and feeling things. So, yeah, for the first year it was it was a fantasy. So, it was all the good stuff in the content. Yeah. And then as I progressed, I was like, "Hey, why don't we show a little bit of this?" And so I was really I was really proud to do that. You know, because it's 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 not all glitz and glamour all the yeah, time. Yeah, so let's just get into what did come with that lifestyle a little yeah. bit. You know, when it was really mm-hmm. at its peak, which I'm sure was pretty much the whole time. Yeah. What did come along with it? What were some of those things? I mean, it's really nice to be staying in in five star hotels. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, um, it just it was like you would just do that for months on end, and um, you never like. You never cooked for yourself. I didn't drive for months and months and months. We always had drivers and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were nice cars. They were like these big. You get used to traveling around and they're called a Viana. They're like the standard Merc transport in our industry, the standard trans- transport. Yeah. But uh, we have. What were you driving back home? Uh, just Ford Focus 06. <laughs> yeah. Hatchbacks. Yeah. <laughs> but it still fit everything in it. I had an Esky and a wetsuit in the back. And But yeah, you know, like. Uh, I uh so I was I was not cooking for myself I was not driving for myself and so but you can like you can talk about that as glitz and glamour but at the same time in the moment and I still think about it now a lot of it is a necessity to make that sort of life possible to make it not bearable mm. but you know for example we would have uh, or not not us. I know some artists would have things like underwear on their rider for their festival. So like you'd rock up in the green room and there'd be some underwear on the table, fresh underwear, perfect. And a lot of people go, why the hell are you asking for underwear on your rider? Like, isn't that just a bit, a bit like Playboy Ken sort of thing? Yeah. <laughs> but it would be like, oh, we haven't had the chance to wash our clothes for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I need fresh underwear. Okay. So it's it's like, there's two sides to it. Yeah. And I suppose if you have the capacity, <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess it's sort of like, um, but that's all, that is all included with like part of booking an artist. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, it's, you're not, you try not to, you try not to think of it as asking for something extra. You think of it as this is part of the deal. Because you've did, did got- Did you to, ever get underwear? Delivered? No, no, I had two things on the rider. I had hand sanitizer. Yeah. That's my germaphobe side of things. And I had batteries for like my flash. Okay, my not head. that exciting. No, no, no. <laughs> and and we just needed Red Bulls because like caffeine yeah. was king. Like, caffeine was king. That's yeah, it. Yeah. What about the partying? Uh, it was all there. Yeah, it's all there. It's like the movies. You're partying. It's 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 an, it's a nonstop party. Um, you have a down day one once or twice in the week because that's what you need to keep yourself sane. But it was it was it was partying. Like for example, we would um, there were always midweek shows. So we would play a midweek show somewhere on like a Tuesday, maybe. We'd go to Ibiza mm. and we'd fly in in the morning and we'd do the show. And Ibiza had a sick green room. I like that place. Yeah. There's like <laughs> pizzas and a big bar and everybody's there. Everybody's in Ibiza in the summer. So um, we would do that on a Tuesday and then um, we would fly out on a Wednesday, go back home for a day, and then you start the weekend on Thursday and you play four festivals and then even a Sunday night and then you'd come back You'd fly home Monday and you'd relax and then you're back at the airport on Tuesday. So there was like in the summer, there's not many days where you're not at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. So how hard were you going there? Oh, me? No. Yeah. Surprisingly, I, I'm, I'm not that hard. <laughs> oh, I never, me surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. me surprisingly, I never went 
that hard with with the partying. Yeah. Um, as I said before, I didn't have my first drop of alcohol till I was eighteen. Uh-huh. And where that lies for me is that I'm not a productive person, either drunk or hungover. Yeah. So surprisingly, just yeah, like everyone, else. everybody. Yeah, but I mean, there's some there's some people out there. I mean, I've that seen really soldier. I've off. really seen some people get stuff done when they're hungover, and I can't believe it. But yeah, for me, I just don't work like that well. So uh-huh. I did not party much. Really, if, and the if, temptation was like unbelievably it's, ridiculous. It's, it's like. all there. It's all in front of you. Like if right. you want it, it's there. Yeah, but. For me, I just, I just, and again, this is me being strategic about stuff. I would look at it and I go, if I drink right now, there's going to be a domino effect where I'm not going to get this work done and I'm going to have to do that tomorrow. And then everything else in the week is going to fall further forward. Yeah. So I was like, you just, even if I wanted to, there was nothing about me that didn't want to party, but it yeah. was like strategically, uh-huh. like business wise, I cannot okay. do this. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't lose like how seriously you took it. So you didn't take it for granted as well. Like no. you knew you had to be on point to make it happen. But that was my um, that was my my passion. That's my passion yeah. for like making things the best. Very they easy can be. for a young man with all of oh, that yeah. at his fingertips to just like oh, lose yeah. it, especially yeah. if your crew was like mm-hmm. getting on it all. The yeah, time. yeah. I think I think for me, I was like I remember I used to I used to be at shows like these big festivals, Tomorrowland. Yeah, and they'd be like, "How old are you?" And I'm backstage hanging out at main stage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like 20 years old. And they're like, excuse me? Yeah. Because everybody else in the industry is 25, 26 yeah. years and yeah. older. So for me, I always there was always that reassurance of just how lucky I am yeah. because I'm so young to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So it was important to maintain myself in that position. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you didn't get to a point of overconfidence where you felt like, yeah, whatever, I'm so good at this now that I can party hard and I'll still be able to do it. Did you have any days like that? Surely there must have been a few nights where the peer pressure was was too much or you um, thought yeah whatever i think n- no 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 i there's like definitely you're more confident in your abilities yeah i could definitely say that what i'm doing now is like obviously way better than both content and lifestyle than before and you do you do feel a sense of importance because a lot of people treat you as important because yeah. that's just that's just a lifestyle so there is that but i never kind of had Many moments where I was like, I'm the big dog. I'm letting my hair down and I'm partying for a week straight. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the temptation is there. Yeah. I think that's impressive though. I think there would have been, Mm. it's hard for anyone to really put themselves in like your shoes in that position. But I think with everyone telling you you how good you are and you're Mm -hmm. part of this crew and it's pretty much like the coolest thing that someone of that age could imagine. Exactly. It takes a lot of, um, you know, I don't know, credibility maybe to be able to, well, I just I just didn't want to stop working. Yeah. Like I I just cannot never ever stop thinking of working. Yeah. And anything that's a detriment to that, anything that gets in the way of that is I don't put myself like I don't I don't put myself in front of that. Like yeah. it's uh yeah, I just I just want to be able to maintain the same kind of consistency, which is not always possible. Um but anything that gets in the way, I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. So how did the rest of the crew act and how do they respond to you? being that way were they always like um come on man trying to pour great goose down your throat <laughs> it, it no that the, the that team that i worked with they were really really um really i suppose positive about that yeah because they want they respected that you wanted to do a really good job and and everybody's got their own way of handling things on the yeah, road everybody yeah. knows their limits like yeah. there are people who uh you you can't like you can't afford to drink because maybe you don't have to be on your best game early in the morning like maybe yeah. your job's only so involved at night time so everybody respects how each other works. But there's always like occasionally um, like when, when you're in China, um, just culture and customs, 
they offer you like a shot, you do it because yeah. it's like we're not. I'm not trying to disrespect you guys if, if you're, you know. Um, so that was kind of like the only place where I would have like a shot or two of tequila before a show, and it was always just to maintain like um, to be polite. Yeah, polite. Yeah, that's exactly it. And hopefully they don't keep coming up and going. <laughs> well, that, yeah, but there's a there's a point, you know, where you're like, no, just take, take it away. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your vice, or what is your vice? Did you have one? That's that's interesting. That's kind of like the ultimate reason why I'm home right now. I'll, I'll get into that. Yeah. But for me, like, I'm a very um, health conscious person, both physically, mentally, and and all sorts. Um, I think to the end of last year, when I was really feeling ran down from the touring. Yeah. I was just like, but I wasn't eating well. I was eating sp- spaghetti. Like I was eating pasta yeah. like six nights a week. And, and I was not sleeping as well. Out. And that's right. Not sleeping as, as well, probably as well. So for me, letting my hair down was getting eight hours of sleep <laughs> and eating a salad. <laughs> that was like the ultimate treat. It's like, I cannot wait Dude. to go and cook a home, like so home cooked meal. <laughs> it, it, it is. It really is. And the other thing is like, I love coming, like I'd come back to Australia every three or four months. And I catch up with the boys and I have a, I have a beer at Seacliff Hotel and look at the sunset. <laughs> that was the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's nice to know that though, like, isn't it? Yeah, and look forward to that. That's 100% me letting my head down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> not what you'd think. No one would come up with that answer. No, not Like, if you're like, yeah, I asked this guy who went on tour with Timmy Trumpet to Europe, like, toured the world. What's the, like, craziest thing he did? He's like, just got my eight hours, man. <laughs> That's exactly it, dude. Yeah. Any week with an eight hour sleep on one of those nights, it's a good week. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, that European summer, that went mm-hmm. for, like, four months. Yeah. I think I've been to 44 countries. Okay. Yeah. But in the summer, it's mostly around Europe. Um, but that was last year. Um, so we most visited places would be uh, Spain, France, uh, easier to drive to. So we were based in the Netherlands, so yeah. easier to drive to to France and Germany. And you get really lost. Croatia went there a lot because I was like a midweek show. Portugal, one of my favorite places. How long are you staying in each one typically? Sometimes less than twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, my record I think was well. We would do uh, sometimes two shows in a night. So you would you would get in you would, you would get in and you'd play a show maybe like it could be an eight p.m. nine p.m. set mm. you do that for an hour and then you race off stage and then you get in a jet and then you fly to the next country and then you're getting on stage with like sixty seconds until until you're supposed to start yeah so it's like literally sweating like you're running on the airport like on the tarmac to the jet you're running to get in the jet. And then you're on that for like an hour to calm down. Yeah. And then you're off and you're running again. Yeah. Literally running. And you're coming out to these crowds that are just like- Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, my, my, the one we did, and I've done this twice, is there is a show in uh, Hungary. It's on the eastern side of Hungary, so the far eastern side of Hungary. And that's a show to 40,000 people. And then the next show on the same day, we get in a jet and we fly to Austria. And then that's to 50,000 people. And that's like the craziest day of the year. Yeah. And then, uh, what's it like looking out at fifty thousand people? Become you become really oblivious to it because for me as a photographer anyway, I'm looking through my lens to an extent. So, do you feel in the moment? Um. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is like you'll miss a lot of stuff, and that's how I almost got caught like lit on fire because you just <laughs> you're forgetting about everything else around you. I think you have to tell us about that a little bit, yeah, in a little no, bit so, more detail. <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 some countries out there where just occult and safety is not quite as, as strict 
Um, and it also depends on the positioning of uh, the SFX guys. So their job is to maintain sight. On, there's like a line on stage which you don't cross. But if you cross it, which you're actually allowed to do that anyway, it's their job to make sure they're not setting off fire at that time. So um, with Tim, the amount of energy he had on stage, I was just, I was just like chasing him, literally chasing him with a camera. And he would, he would cross that line all the time, all the time. So I was, I was going across it. And uh, yeah, just this one time in Spain, I don't know, maybe the guy was like scrolling through Instagram at the time or something. He just pressed the button and uh, so I was like- Shot fire out of the stage. So yeah, there's like um, these little boxes on stage that shoot flames up and they can be one meter, two meter, three meters, four, like however high, you don't know. Yeah. You get it. You get, you get there like until sometimes it's, the show. it's too late. <laughs> you don't know until it's like, you know, like 10 centimeters from your face type thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was the time that I almost died. Yeah. So how close did it come? Yeah, 10 centimeters. Were yeah. you like was, facing was, it? Oh, no, it was hot. Like I had to close my eyes. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah. So I was like, I was like running. This is the thing is like um, running through it. It's almost like it was a line of pyro and it, it was down at the time. There was no flames. And as I was running, that moment that I crossed that line, the flames went up. So it was just All by right. chance. But it's that split second where like you could, same thing with like falling off stage. Yeah, I've been hit in the face by confetti so many times, and it hurts. Yeah, yeah. It's not not every job you have to <laughs> have, be a safety hazard, like watching out for yeah. like flames. Yeah, and that's, shooting at you. Uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, like it only took me a couple of shows in. Where I was like, I really can't rely on anybody else, so I had to had to be aware of everything around me on stage. Yeah. But that's all that exists. Other people, you know, like you're not thinking about anything else at the time ever. Yeah. Yeah. So did it get to the point where it, it didn't feel special or would you always get that, you know, that rush or the, the chills down your spine when you walked out and there was that crowd just like, um, no, or you're just like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did become like that. I think my second year, so the year just, summer just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was doing a lot of the same shows. I was going to the same venues. Yeah. Um, Do and- you feel like the, um, the acts felt like that? Like did, did Timmy ever feel like that or do those artists typically ever get to that point because their um, the level of energy required is just like so massive and they're just constantly working and generally playing the same stuff yeah no i think with tim just his energy was an obscene amount so as long as he was bringing it which was 99.9 percent of the time i was i was was matching that mm. i think uh but i never i never i never shot for anybody else at these big festivals so i i can't really for sure say whether I would feel differently or not as energized working for other artists. But Tim, it was 100% of the time the energy was there, but it was like in a more like maintained sort of manner because you'd been there before you'd done it. It was, I guess, like not having those nerves, maybe. That's what it was. Yeah. And so how did you feel like you were growing as a person as you went through that summer? You must have gained a fair bit of confidence, like outside of the actual job itself. How did you feel as a young man? Like, did you feel like you had to grow up a lot faster at that time or? Yeah, there was definitely, uh, because I couldn't, I try not to show my age too much. And a lot of people were shocked when they asked me how old I was. Yeah. Because I was surrounded by, I mean, 25 years old is like the minimum. And there still wasn't too many of those people. Most people were 30 years old. Yeah. So I had to learn to have conversations with those kind of, those kind of, that kind of demographic in that age group and represent myself in the same way as well. So uh, it was all about keeping, like maintaining the way people see you, I guess, 
and because if if you're seen as somebody who's young and annoying uh, and inexperienced, like that's bad for business. They won't want you around. Yeah, yeah that's bad for business. Mm. So who you are, and I guess that's in all jobs, who you are personally or who you are at the job is definitely, but it's just a shame because that's what you're doing. That's your whole life. Like you're, you're working 24 seven. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do. Did you feel like you made a big jump though? Is that what it felt for like? For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Cause I was, I was, I was, I was, I pushed myself into it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think often we don't grow like that unless we have to. Yeah. Like you're not going to go and make that jump unless you're absolutely forced to go and do it and that's that's what being outside of your comfort zone is yeah 100 percent. that's what it is so really really grateful for that at the same time how long did it take to get comfortable with it me really quickly yeah i can see how a lot of other people would be uh on edge for quite a while but i always put that pressure on myself and i was just really lucky that the pieces fell together so Mm. really really quickly adapted waking up in like a different country every day in the most beautiful places in the world like what went through your head in the morning when you looked out over the, you know, the ocean or what the forest or like whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, it was. a lot, a lot the of volcano. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the times the blinds were closed and you were crawling out of the out of the door to get down to the lobby, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, you weren't hung over though. <laughs> no, I, I, I wasn't. Um, but uh, still tired. But it was it was really beautiful, man. Like you would. There was this one time in Austria where I just I just walked out and I looked at the mountains. Like, Holy shit! And then I was at Tomorrowland Winter this year which is up on the French Alps. They have Tomorrowland in the snow on the mountains. So if that was that was unreal. There was always an appreciation, especially because I'm lucky enough to see so many different places and everywhere is so different. It's all it's it's just an appreciation for each individual culture and landscape. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Did you were you thinking like this isn't going to last forever? Or were you thinking I'm going to make this last forever? Well, those two things come together. Because you want it to last forever. So you do everything in your power to maintain it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're always, and that just is a part of your drive. That's a part of like, you want to make sure. And like, I want to be waking up in Mykonos every year. Yeah. Like on, on in the middle of July. Yeah. That's what I want to be doing. Like, yeah. that's awesome. You so. really were high on life. Oh, for sure, bro. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, as Mr. Garrick says. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you did that, um, that first European mm-hmm. tour. Did you come home? Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny enough, because uh, we were lucky where Tim is, uh, he's got a big enough profile to tour all year round. Mm. So uh, we did come home, but we stopped somewhere on the way home, but we came back to Australia and whenever whenever we came back, it was a week at a time. And then we would endeavor on another tour. So it would be, it'd be be Asia or it would be America. That's like just long enough to start to like adjust really. Yeah. So you would, you would come and that was, that was a thing with like, Everybody always goes, how does your body handle the time zones? Yeah. And people will get, I hear about people getting jet lagged, but that just doesn't exist. When you're traveling to that amount, you're either tired or you're not tired. Okay. There's no, there's no jet lag. You yeah. sleep when you're tired. If you can, you sleep when you're tired. And then, uh, cause you're not, like so far point past the point of jet you lag. Just, yeah. You're so, you're so far, so far, so far. Yeah. You're just delusional at all times. Can be, can yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. But you would be strategic about when you were sleeping. You're like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to stay up till this time because when I get on the flight, I'll be able to crash. Yeah. And you learn how to do that. Of course. Exactly. You're really quick at adjusting. How did you feel physically though after that first tour and during it? Because yeah, like you said, you, you weren't like working out. I can't yeah. imagine you would have had time. Well, this is, this is an interesting thing how your, your mental health plays on your physical state. So for me, while I was still really happy and really energized, I didn't feel it physically. 
Mm. Like, I didn't at all. I came back and I was ready to go. I was like, what's next? So just I just kept going. It wasn't until I started actively thinking about, until I started actively thinking about the way that I felt physically was mm. when I noticed it. Mm. So yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? So I guess it's, it's, it's the adrenaline. And it's crazy to say that an adrenaline rush can last for six months or 12 yeah, months. Like you wouldn't have had long enough between for that to wear, wear off. No way. No. Because it must have been just so intense. Because yeah. I would look at my calendar and I would have flights booked for the next three months yeah. off to America or China or, or back to Europe. So there was no like, oh man, it was always, yeah. you were go. so excited. Let's go. Let's do the next thing, yeah. next country. And I suppose even when you had a week off, mm-hmm. you knew you're about to go to this place. So you're already feeling that. There's the, yeah. an instant buzz, yeah, or a, a constant buzz. So it wasn't until I started enjoying my time, like letting my hair down, yeah. until I started enjoying um, eating properly and, and sleeping. I think maybe it happened over the period when we came back at the end of 2018. Uh, I was- Had that really good salad. That yeah, full eight hours. The good, the good no, we actually spent about a month back here in January. Like, last. this is the life. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I, I know it would have been. And, and that's when it's a, it's a really tough conversation to have because you're sitting there going, oh, I just love sleeping and I love like eating a salad. And, and people turn around and go, what do you mean, bro? You're f-. So it's, it's, it's yeah. such a conflict. So it was when I came home in January and I was eating salads. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of like this. So I want to make sure that I'm feeling like this on the road. So that's when, I, funny enough, when you start thinking about who you want to be physically and mentally, you start noticing everything that's polar opposite to that. Yeah. Go, I'm not feeling great. So what was the point at which you started making that a priority? Was there a specific moment where you started to you know, think more about your mental and physical health? Was that because you got to the point that you had sort of conquered or mastered doing the thing that you wanted to do more than anything in the world? I guess maybe subconsciously, maybe I didn't realize that, but I had felt like I'd mastered touring. Yeah. After one year, it sounds silly. A lot of people. Yeah, but that's it's an intensive yeah. training course. Yeah. So I felt like that, and then I guess maybe my mind was set on other things, that being my health. So there was a time where I came. I guess yeah, like I said, when I came home, and in January I was able to go to the gym every day. I was yeah. able to sleep correctly and eat correctly, and after that, physically, I noticed how much I changed. Um, and then mentally as well. So that was like, all of a sudden, I knew that what I did last summer, eating six bowls of pasta a week, yeah, was not going to cut it. I was like, this is not, I'm not going to feel this good if I do that again. So I went and I did the second summer. And it was a lot, it was a lot better. Yeah. But um, there was a lot of pressure work-wise as well, because everything was growing. It was all exploding. Like pressure to do even more. There was, there, was, there was pressure, a lot of pressure I put on myself because Tim was exploding mm. and I wanted to just give more and more and more and more and I wanted to be the best. Yeah. And part of that came with like at, at no cost. So while I knew what was important, I disregarded it. So yeah. then you're having that battle inside of your head. What's more important? You, well, yeah. And, and you're like, you're letting yourself down because mm. you're doing the work you're putting in the hours because you know that's important but just as important to me was my health so when i became aware of health it made things a lot harder for me yeah 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 yeah. but did you have did you physically have enough time and energy to be able to do both as much as you wanted to uh for a while but 
I guess that's why I'm home now. Yeah. Is because uh, I really ran myself into the ground. Yeah. It was an implosion. Yeah. So just let's go through that when um, you're saying that uh, Tim was blowing up and you were doing more work and how full on did that get? Uh, yeah. It, to run you through it, I guess at four shows a week, we'll start there. So my role as a, as a videographer is to uh, deliver the content. And that kind of industry is so quick where people and fans want to wake up the next day. They want it the next and day. And they want to yeah. relive it. Yeah. So there comes me where you'd shoot a show. And, and you're editing as well. Editing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so we would be back at the hotel by 4 a.m., maybe 3 on a good night. And Civilized. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, let's let's get this content done. And I was falling asleep copying the data over from my SD card. I was falling asleep and I still had another couple of hours ahead of me. Get me a salad. <laughs> well, no, you would. You'd ring room service. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, first, first world problems where they're like, oh, room service is not 24 hours. And you'd blow your steam over. <laughs> you, you would. That's when you knew you were mm-hmm. in the big time. Uh-huh, yeah. No, because you're like. You'd lose your crap. Because like throwing you your phone. You couldn't eat. Yeah. Yeah. So like eating was like a coping mechanism to keep yeah. yourself awake for the next few hours. And if you weren't going to stay get alive, that, that yeah, is yeah. the main purpose of it. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I would stay up from four till sunrise, uh-huh. seven, eight a.m. I'd edit the content. I'd upload it to Dropbox and yeah. it'd be all there. And that would sometimes be like a whole recap, like a video, like a whole recap, or it would be what we call raw. So like Tim would play tracks and we would record. Some, I would record some of those tracks, sometimes 15, 20, and maybe more, maybe less. So I would have all of that delivered by the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that four times. But then during the week- um, So I how was, much did you sleep on those days like, oh, it was after like, that? It, well, it depends. What time did you get up? It so depends, you went to bed at like eight? Or what time did you wake Well, it depends up? when your pickup is. So yeah. you have a lobby call and that can be 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 12 p.m. Uh-huh. So- I would always finish the content and I would work out how many hours I was going to get sleeping. Yeah. And if it was three or less, I wouldn't sleep because I knew that there was a chance I would sleep through my alarm and through like a housekeeping call or a yeah. wake up call. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I would sleep. I would go down to breakfast at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Yeah. and I'd just eat some crap, maybe waffles or something, whatever it was on the, <laughs> the buffet. And uh, I would do that and then keep myself awake until pick up. And then I would get, I would sleep in the car on the way to the airport or in, 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 in the, you know, in the plane. Yeah. Um, but that was always bad quality sleep because you're not in a bed. Mm. So, and then it was on to the next show. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that on the uh, weekend. And then during the week I was editing YouTube episodes. Uh, I was editing for marketing campaigns and things like that. Um, as well as adjusting everything from the weekend to make that all perfect for when it does get posted. Yeah. yeah. So when people say, oh, I never stop. Like you really did not stop. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Yeah. And that's kind of like a- And also like being environment in environments with that much stimulus, mm-hmm. which is just like otherworldly mm. constantly as well. Yeah. Like you talk about adrenaline, like your body must have been like a coiled spring all yeah. the time. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that's, so that, I guess maybe that's how the whole first summer fueled itself. And then yeah. the second summer, I really had to push so myself. So that first summer, you, were, you weren't having moments where you're like, man, I feel really bad. No. Because you were just flying through it. Everything was new. Everything wow. was awesome. Yeah. Second summer. I guess it's amazing what the human body can do if mentally, depending right? on how you're thinking. Yeah. So yeah. in the second summer, I had things like back issues pop up, shoulder issues were popping yeah. up because I was sitting there going like mentally, I was like, 
I'm not getting enough sleep this week. Uh-huh. Or I, I haven't, I haven't eaten a leaf, yeah. like a, a, a salad <laughs> so for three yeah, days. So you're paying attention to it. So you're paying attention to it. And then- Do you think you probably had issues crop up like that in the first one and you just didn't pay it any mind? Yeah, because I've had, uh, as most photographers do, I've had back issues since I started. Yeah. Uh, just from carrying heavy gear around, but I just didn't notice it the first summer at all. Yeah. And then I found myself second summer. I was at the physio twice a week. Yeah. You know, through that the whole summer, I found one day to come back to Amsterdam and yeah. I'd get, I'd see two physios. Didn't take you long to get old. Mate, <laughs> it's 22. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that, with that second summer, did you have a moment where you were like on top of the world and then did you feel like you sort of slipped down from there or how did it, that go? The, the whole team was taking the whole team to the next level yeah. and we were always pushing for that. So when you were thinking about that, you were on top of the world and that's the same thing with being on stage, definitely. And then I would come back to the hotel and I would be thinking about how much sleep I'm not getting and how out of shape I feel. Yeah. And maybe I was in better shape than last summer, but it's just that I was thinking about it. And that wore me out. That wore me out. Like I became so unhappy. Yeah. Because you knew how good you didn't feel. Yeah. And that reflected yeah. everywhere yeah. on stage. It reflected the way that I treated people. Mm-hmm. And it affected, even my other team becoming, members. Your health was becoming more of a priority. Yeah. And my other team members even saw it in me and yeah. felt that way sometimes they felt unhappy when i was unhappy uh-huh. it brought a lot of things down yeah and uh you can't have that no i just know so so it was literally i was like if i keep going like this like suicide will be on my mind eventually so you're like we're hitting the danger zone it's time to so you felt like you were depressed oh 100 100 percent. yeah but it's interesting because you're not unhappy with the work that you're doing mm you're unhappy that you push yourself this far, but you want to keep doing it. Like, yeah. You just, there's, you don't want to stop. But it's like a, you can't have it all kind of thing. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 So it, 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 um, good it was, time, not a long time sort of deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. You'd like it to be a long time. Yeah. But it's, it's, it depends on how, how you, what you prioritize. You're not superhuman though. No, no, no. That took a lot to realize as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So how, how dark did it get for you on, um, tour there? And how did you manage to keep going and doing shows? It's it's really interesting because I was always around people. So you blanketed a lot. But I knew 100% I could feel myself week by week just going deeper and deeper down this hole. Um, and, and people would have been able to tell. For sure. My team members yeah. could definitely vouch for that um, because they were like, they, 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 they hit me up and they're like, they sat me down. They're like, what's wrong? What, what can we do to help you? And uh, they were like, do you want to tour less? And I just, I just like the workaholic side of me was like, no way. Yeah, because you were holding on to that. No way, I can do this. Yeah. Like You I'm, knew I, the opportunity you had and it's your identity as well yeah. at that point. And you're like, like you, you want to work. You want to achieve the best results. And being unhappy is getting in the way of that. Mm, yeah. So it's a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. So where did that go? Well, it led me back here to home. But first there was like, there was an implosion. Yeah. You know? Tell um, us about that. It was uh, it was actually really gradual. It was really really gradual. I my my girlfriend was actually with me overseas at the time. She spent the summer uh, over in Amsterdam, and she pulled me up one day and she was just like, "Can you stop complaining?" 
And it, it was just that, someone being straight up front with me, just going, like, shut up. You just never have anything good to say about what you're doing. How is that different from how you were in the first summer? Well, in the first summer, I just didn't have a bad word to say about it. Yeah. Everything was, the first summer, everything was just uh, not a party, but you know, what, exactly what adrenaline does Surreal. Yeah, really surreal. You're not thinking about consequences. You're not thinking about how you're feeling. You're just enjoying it and you're living it. So then when somebody pulled me up on it after weeks of feeling that way, I was like, okay, it's become really obvious. And then my team pulled me up and I'm like, man, okay, shit. Yeah. We're having. And was your content not as good as well at that time? No, because this is, this is, uh, that was the issue is that work was first. Yeah. And it still is to some extent. Okay. So that never suffered. Yeah. It was it was me. Yeah. That was like suffering. From yeah. yeah. So sort of obviously a typical burnout mm-hmm. sort of scenario where they talk about burnout and burnout. wouldn't have known yeah. or believed that that was a thing after no. the first year. No way. And then eventually like bang, there you were like burnt out. Yeah. It just hits you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. your girlfriend pulled you up mm-hmm. and then from there, how long did it take before you, did you quit? Uh, well, you know, when you start to realize you don't like something yeah. and then you find reasons why you don't like it even more and you resent everything. Yeah. And for no good reason, I knew that that was not, maybe not how I, my, it was maybe not my actual opinion on the situation, but I was giving myself excuses maybe to pull myself out of what was making me unhappy. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Mm. But um, yeah, she, she pulled me up and then- uh, at that moment, health just became number one for a moment. And uh, maybe it was when I was in bed at nighttime, I was just like thinking about my health. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was laying on the physio table, that kind of thing. And so when did you crack finally or decide to act on it? When I was already home. Yeah. I could put a date on it. it like, okay. So you got to the end of the second. Yeah. So oh, I got yeah. to the end and... um. We actually collectively made a decision for me to come home and I was going to do a little bit less touring. And then I had a lot of a lot of issues with even doing editing at home because I tied all of that to the way that I was feeling. Yeah. So it's that it's that resent resentment, I think. Mm, the so word. you just really felt like you needed space. Yep. So October fifteenth, I had a phone call with somebody and they were like, Do you really like do you wanna do this anymore? And every part of me was like, yes, of course. Of course I want to still do this. Like I love, loved everybody that I worked with. And I 100% wanted to keep going. But I said no, because I took that phone call when I was in the gym. And I was like, I need it. I need, I, this is where I need to be right now. You know? And so how do you feel now having made that call? Uh, there's definitely some pressure because people see you in a certain way where they're like, this guy's number one. There's definitely people that aspire and look up to me. Mm. And uh, you made yourself out to be that. So then you feel the pressure to live up to it. Yeah. Maintaining, maintaining your, 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 uh, what people think of you. But in, in the same sense, I never really portrayed anybody different. Like that's who I am. I work nonstop. And the reason I do that is so that I can have a good life as everybody does. So there's just pressure to do that for myself as well. Yeah. But it sounds like you learned that you can't continue to have that forever without looking after yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. And that's uh that's that's the ongoing thing. 
is how do you feel now physically and mentally a little bit better yeah but the i realized that it was a little bit bigger than what i was doing is that i've come home and i still want to keep working i just want to keep because there's 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 just in me it's that as i said before strategically mapping things out and you just can't like you can't stop ticking so for me i've realized it's it's a lot bigger than that like this is something that i have to deal with and i'm uh, and i will per- personally and and that i can't really like hold it as while Turing was like definitely a large contributor to it and maybe that's kind of like what started the like the fire if you know what i mean like that's maybe that's what was a contributor to me never wanting to stop uh but it's 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 no longer an aspect and it's there's another issue i guess yeah so are you just taking time to really focus on your health now for sure yeah yeah definitely spending a lot of time in the gym uh, eating salads uh, and just having those kind of conversations with people about how I'm feeling like that's that's the most important thing for me is is making sure that I'm making a point of of the way that I'm feeling because that's what for me is I'm able to highlight progression or the opposite is that if, if, if I'm talking about it yeah well it sounds like you put a lot of work in and a lot of energy in over here you yeah know, career having that once in a lifetime experience or yeah. twice in a lifetime or maybe it'll be a hundred <laughs> times in a lifetime Hopefully. i don't know but then you have to go and fill this up over here with your, mm-hmm. your health and things that you've yeah. neglected yeah and that's no different to anyone else you know exactly. if we're going to put our, all our eggs in one basket mm. other things are going to run dry exactly so um i think you know you realizing that and wising up to that and and feeling that you know you weren't going to be able to be who you wanted to be and keep this going without mm. addressing this as well mm. you know and you mentioned i mean suicide there which is yeah. very extreme but oh yeah if you see that any anything in that realm as a possibility then mm. you're very wise and brave to pull yourself up and yeah throw well not yeah. throw it away but you know no. temporarily put to the side something that you felt like was all yeah. you were living for yeah and it, it was yeah. never the, the word suicide is quite strong and i know that a lot of people react to that differently that was. I just want to make it clear that that was never like a thought in my head. Yeah. But I could. I could see it coming. It was like if you don't pull yourself up, like that's, like you will find yourself in that position. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So how do you come off that high? Of, yeah. Yeah. How do you um, come back to well reality? People would say. Well, for me, it's letting my hair down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I think I, I. I was very much looking forward to to coming home. So it was actually an easy transition to some extent in that I could finally do what I wanted to do all the time. But then in that I'm missing out on everything else. Yeah. So, um, but I never saw it as the end when I came home. So I'm still working towards something much bigger. Mm. Um, so it's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not feeling bad about not being a part of it and I'm not, I'm, you know, just looking forward to the next thing. Yeah. So when do you think you're going to be ready to go and do that? Or how are you going to approach it differently? Because obviously you can never go back to being the way you were on that first Yeah. Tour. Well, for me, I'm actually looking at ways of still being a part of that kind of culture and that industry without yeah. having to tour so much. So that's, that's, that's definitely kind of where I'm working towards is, 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 is finding that balance. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of touring later this year um, and I'll definitely be back in, in Europe next summer. But there will be... It'll be more. It'll be more maintained. I'll be. I'll be more cautious about the amount of touring that I'm doing, or, or maybe not how I'm approaching it actually, because that's what I tried this year. So it's maybe the amount. How are you a different person now to when before you went got on that first plane? I think uh, with it comes a lot of life experience. So I feel very lucky in that I can operate 
maybe like somebody who's five years older mm. um, and be in those situ- sort of situations that has a lot of advantages, but at the same time lost a little bit of sense of, of what really goes on uh, in the normal side of things, you know? So uh, I remember when I first came back, the first like two weeks, I went, I went out to eat a couple of times and I was just being really picky about everything. I was just like, why is the waiter doing this? Why are they not attending to me like this? And so I was, yeah. I was like really not down to earth, I guess. It's, I was not down to earth. And so did that not feel like the real you really or didn't feel uh, like who you wanted to be anyway? It was, it was tough to tell, mm. but I knew that like it was important to find or, or to be able to maybe switch between the two to switch it was it was really important to 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 realize that this is one life and this is how you can behave or this is what you need to do to survive and this is your other life and it's really important that you are the right person in both those situations yeah yeah and don't be a dick don't be a dick guys <laughs> come on what would you go back and tell yourself oh eat a salad yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna keep that's gonna keep coming up um I, uh, I I think I would I would go back and, and maybe I would have liked to have a lot earlier on found a a strategy to to cope with everything in a, in a more healthy kind of way. I, I think if I had realized a lot earlier, maybe even in the first summer, how important it was to maintain my health mentally and physically as well as my work relationships and, and what I was doing, maybe that would have given me more time to work things out. But instead, it felt like it was coming to a really quick quick like sort this out really fast so do you feel like you're going to come back bigger and stronger absolutely yeah for sure like it's going to be it's 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 going to be a different experience altogether Mm. yeah but in a good way are you the man you want to be not yet no probably never will be yeah who is that ah (laughs) kind yeah i just want to be a kind dude and i'm not that yet yeah (laughs) that's a that's a it's a silly thing to say um, but some of my favorite people in the world are the people that are just nice. Like couldn't, couldn't like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want to get out of your life? Um, I'm all about business. I'd like to be a very successful businessman. Um, but a, uh, I, I want it to, I don't want to get, I don't want to get to 40 years old and be in bad shape, uh, or be unhappy, you know, had feel like I'd wasted time. So, uh, I want, I want to make sure that. I do this all the right way. Yeah. So what have you learned that's the most important? Just need to be content my situation. Yeah. So I know that's that's sort of well, everyone, almost everyone, like, everyone I'm almost like yeah, everyone wants to say that every but it's no, so I guess um being being aware of who you are physically and mentally is what helps you assess the situation that you're in and how you can change that or what you need to change. So it's one thing to wake up and say I'm happy, but it's another thing to say that I'm doing everything in my I can in my power to make sure that I'm happy. Yeah. You get you get yeah, what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's sure. it's it's about it's about for me in the future I just want to make sure that I'm I'm doing everything in my power and I guess maybe being strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah. To 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 be happy whatever situation I'm in. Yeah. I know that's probably a very broad answer healthy body healthy mind bro yeah dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> where can people find you you know what yeah i'm just i'm brock bentley um i'm just some loser you know it's <laughs> done done a few laps that's all <laughs> <laughs> i love that bro awesome if you got something out of this episode please leave a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts it really helps us grow the show so we can keep bringing you the content that matters also guys it's really important that we're part of the conversation about our health and well-being 
And it's easy to do. Just Google Freemasons Foundation Center for Men's Health and click on the Men's Health Register to sign up and help out with much-needed surveys and studies that make us all better off. If you want to stay up to date with what we're doing and get involved, get onto the Young Blood Podcast Community Facebook group and follow Young Blood Podcast on Instagram. And if you're keen to get in touch with me, email youngbloodpodcast, all one word, at hotmail.com. This podcast was produced by the talented Rory Noak at Podbooth. You can check them out at podbooth.com.au. This is Young Blood. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time.